We have music weekend, and sir, you don't have to make the music. I just I'm getting everyone in the right headspace. Okay. I'm there. All right. Hey, Jason's back. Hey. Look at that surprise. Yay. So Jason, for those of you who don't know Jason, likes to talk about clutches a lot. Mm-hmm. He's really excited about clutches. And since true. some of you may not know what a clutch is, if you're yeah, me, Pete, Pete for instance. Up. Pete, your car has a clutch. You have no excuse. I, like I said, it's it's like rubbing, and there's like stuff that's rubbing. <laughs> it's, that's it's still that's pretty good yeah. compared to some other people. So um, he's got yeah. Basic. So, uh, but even like a lot of people may never have driven a car with a clutch or had to deal with any kind of motorized vehicle with a clutch. So I think that's a good topic. So Jason, what the heck is a clutch? Well, I'm glad you asked that, actually. That's a fantastic question. Are you really? Unscripted um, question. Let's, expi- let's explore your emotions. How do you actually feel? My brother has a, he's a writer, so he's got an emotion wheel. So whenever, I'll, I'll bring that, cause, just cause you asked me that. Um, right. So essentially a clutch is basically the mechanical equivalent to an electrical switch, except the current carrying wires are rotating shafts. That's kind of the explain hmm. like I'm five. All right. I get it now. <laughs> now, in a little bit more detail, yes. So you have two shafts that you want to transmit torque across. Um, the typical clutch that everybody thinks about is uh, two plates that, as Pete mentioned, were are rubbing together. <laughs> like so. That's a nice video. Um, so when uh, traditionally uh, you have your flywheel that's mounted to your crankshaft on your engine. And so that's always spinning with your engine. Okay. Sure. Um, yes. So your engine is spinning. The crankshaft is spinning as a result of the pistons firing. And, um, yeah, so you need to be able to transmit that torque to your wheels. So the main reason why you want a transmission or a gearbox is because your engine will never produce enough power to actually get your car going from a stop. So you need torque multiplication and that's where your transmission comes in. And in order to couple the two, uh, you need a clutch. Because as mentioned, it connects to rotating shafts. Okay. So you have your flywheel that's mounted to your engine or your crankshaft. And you have a pressure plate and a friction disc that is splined to the input shaft of your transmission. That was a lot of words. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I I understood disc. Okay. So you have, okay, the pressure plate is essentially a a glorified spring. It's what's going to provide the actuation force to allow the torque to transmit. Okay. So when you press your um, clutch pedal in, what you're really doing is pressing on the pressure plate and causing it to spring outwards huh. to de-energize the two plates. Hmm. Okay. And what's you said something splined? What does splined yes. mean? So sorry. So essentially, uh, there is a spline on the on the outside of the imp- transmission input shaft, and the clutch pressure plate and the friction disc have a spline there too. So. That just allows them to transmit torque, but also move axially. It's, it's like, so that like your, your shaft has, looks like a long, like a long gear, right? It's got yes. teeth all the way around Precisely. the outside. And then your disc has a gear shaped hole in it, so it can slide along the shaft while still spinning. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Um, so yeah, to allow that, there's also something called a throw up bearing. Usually when your clutch fails, that's what has broken. That's good um, knowledge. Hmm. I don't have a clutch. I have an automatic transmission, so. Well, I will actually touch on that a little bit <laughs> just because it's it's relevant. All right. So what does this um, bearing do? 
So the bearing just allows the uh, it aids in allowing the uh, the the plates moving axially. Okay. So when that goes, um, it's not it's either you know not allowing the clutch plate to move out mm-hmm. all the way that it would. Um, so you, in in which case you're not fully disengaging. Okay. Uh, the gears. So normally when you're not pressing down on your clutch, the there's a the spring. What's the spring the called again? The pressure plate. So the pressure plate is holding the two surfaces together. Precisely. And that's so then all the power is being transmitted. Exactly. Right. Once they start rotating together. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. And but yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So and and that's another reason why it's good or ah. it's good practice to ease the pedal out um, yeah. while you're engaging the clutch because if you just completely let off the the spring is just going to slam into it um and so you're going to get this huge energizing force with the highest um differential rpm mm-hmm. and so that's uh, there's an equation for energy dissipation and that's where you'll do the most most damage to your clutch plate so when the pressure plate pushes the the flywheel into no, the, the flywheel, it, flywheel attached to the engine. Yeah. No, like pushes the, 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 the thing of a jiggy into the, the flywheel. Friction, <laughs> say it's the friction disc. Is, friction disc. Yeah. yeah. So what's the friction disc made out of? If it, all it does is just rub against the flywheel. It's usually a, a stamp steel plate with friction material glued onto it. Huh. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of the time it'll have, I don't know if it's that or the pressure plate. They'll also have arc springs to deal with when you, if you just let the clutch up. Because it will set off vibration. It's an impact, basically, that's going to start vibrate or send the vibrations downstream. And mm-hmm. that's always bad. So it's basically mm-hmm. like if you imagine a wheel that's spinning really fast and you drop it onto ice, it's going to keep spinning and not slow down. But if you like ease it down, you can start to kind of, that's a bad example. Yeah. That's a weird well, it's example. Like, it, a really terrible example. It's like when they, when they, uh, when they land airplanes. They, it used to be you'd land an airplane and all the wheels would blow out half the time. Yeah. And then they started spinning up the wheels on the airplane before it landed huh. so that there wasn't as much differential speed. Exactly. The of the... That's a way better example. That's yeah. way better than disc ice. <laughs> <laughs> it made sense in my head, but in, it, in, I was riding a bicycle in my head. Yeah. In, in this, in this case, you're letting, you're letting a little bit of friction at the beginning spin up the, the exactly. second disc so that they don't like, aren't spinning really fast relative to each other. Exactly. Cool. Exactly. Cool. So yeah, the energy dissipated, I believe it's proportional to that pressure and the differential speed. So ideally you want low pressure and low differential speed to have the least amount of wear on your clutch. Hmm. And that energy is just turning into heat. Precisely. It's oh, just turning okay. into heat. It's not going anywhere. And it's also like just wearing surface material off of your clutch. Yep. And usually it's wearing, it's wearing your flywheel a little bit. Oh. So how long is a friction plate designed to last? If it's all it's doing is wearing and making that's heat a all good the time. question. Uh, it, it completely <laughs> depends on the driver. What um, if you're really good? Well, <laughs> if you're one super- ca- my first car was a '92 Civic hatchback, and I bought that maybe ten years ago. So what year was that? Two thousand six, six, ish. Yeah, and it still had its original clutch. Okay. So it depends. It really it, depends on how on how often you're like dumping the clutch and yeah, and just general driving characteristics discipline. and <laughs> discipline yeah yeah exactly yeah okay um, so uh, but it's uh, to go back to your original analogy mm-hmm. it's allowing you to disconnect your motor from your transmission and so just for people who don't know why would you want to disconnect the two right so when you want to change gears because the the gears are all spinning so you have let's assume it's a five-speed transmission so you have five gears in there and they're all going to be spinning at different speeds Right. So you can't just 
shift automatically because it, you have your engine and your your gear are going to be spinning at different speeds. Hmm. So and you and you're transmitting power. Unless you're like really really lucky and you happen to shift like yes. when the gears just perfectly line up. And th- that that's actually a thing. You can shift without using your clutch mm-hmm. um into every gear. Every gear is going to have like a sweet RPM mm-hmm. where you can shift and theoretically do no damage. Okay. That's um, close to what uh transit drivers do because they have to they have double they have to double clutch and they have like 17 gears but they have to rev match most of yeah. the gears. And so the, the rev matching is be because the gears are yeah. all diff- spinning at different speeds. But you can get away with that in conventional cars because they have what's called a synchro. Mm-hmm. So essentially it, um, it will try to, it will help in bringing the gears up to, sp- to the different speeds. So you don't have to double clutch. I have a question. Mm-hmm. When you are at a standstill mm-hmm. in a manual car and you put it into first gear and you take your foot off the clutch, mm-hmm. if you don't rev match first gear, the car stalls. Yes. Why? Because you've, Put the motor directly, you've directly coupled the motor to the transmission. And if you look at the endpoints, it's motor to the wheels, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So basically what you've done is you've connected the motor to the wheels. Without enough torque. Without enough torque. Uh, and so that causes the, the engine just to stop. Right. It, it can't. The, the, the wheels backdrive the engine. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I guess you like, could look at it that way. If you have a really big engine, you could potentially maybe do that. Yeah, if you yeah. had a humongous yeah. engine, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what they do with like drag racers. They, 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 they start in a really relatively high gear, but they've got a crazy huge engine in a really light car. Mm. So your, your inertial load is low enough that you can start in a really high gear and you're just dealing with like applying a huge amount of torque from the get go. Yeah. Hmm. It's like a bicycle. It's easy yeah, to I'm start. I'm not it. entirely sure. I, yeah, I, I, like like re- relatively, they, like off the start, g- drag racers, their gear ratio is much higher than your car would be because they want they want to immediately. Oh yeah, it would definitely be. Yeah, definitely be so definitely say, like, different from past. I, I guess, I guess yeah, it's not. I guess I was saying, yeah, you still have to rev match. It's just that they get your, your. Oh, they don't care. They're, usually, your your gearbox and your clutch after a, a drag race, you're replacing it. Mm. They're usually one off. They're just gonna. They're just. Decided, For, they're gonna burn it through it intentionally. Yeah. yeah exactly. Hmm. Anyway. Um, so yeah. The, but you're lo- you're loading it down your engine with an inertial load, and yeah. so if you don't have enough built up, now is that you're building up speed and you're building up inertial energy in the flywheel? Like that, yeah. that's what's keeping you from stalling, right? Because yeah, the stall like it's stalling when you connect it to the wheels and your engine can't get far enough to then fire again. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, th- I think that all makes sense. That's super mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. So now I, I, I've, I've heard your, your clutch talk before <laughs> and I, and I recall there is a, there is a yes. fancy special kind of clutch that you find so, really fascinating. Um, the typical clutches that I mentioned, the plate clutch that you'll find typically in, in cars. Um, there, that is there, there's another subset of clutches called, um, one way or overrunning clutches. And these are the fascinating ones. Um, so the, the three ones, <laughs> this is the, the, this is the good stuff. The this, is stuff. It, this is when the it gets primo. really cool. All right. Um, for those of you who are still listening, <laughs> this is when we really get to the good stuff. You'll be glad you stuck around. Yep. So there are three main, uh, overrunning clutches. There it's one's called a sprag clutch. One's a roller clutch and the other is called a wraps ring clutch. They all basically do the same overarching thing, which is, uh, transmit torque only in one direction. And also overrun. So essentially, if if your input shaft is spinning slower than your output shaft, um, it won't transmit torque. 
it will just decouple and you'll have a little bit of drag torque um, across. So like, like with a regular clutch, if you if you downshift and you drop the clutch, then it's it forces your engine to speed up, and so you can yeah. you can engine brake that way. Yeah, because your wheels are driving your engine faster than it yes. would normally go. But with a one way clutch, you wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. you would lose engine braking. Okay, oh, that's weird. Yeah, so it, they're mostly used, I guess, nowadays in um, when you need vibration isolation, because that's one of the things about overrunning is um, when you have a reversal of the torque, um, it's not driving anymore. So you'll see it used to eliminate backlash. Yeah, I've seen it in. Well, I've worked on limiting backlash in a supercharger by putting a, a one-way clutch in between. Oh, you're going to you're uh, have to define backlash. I oh, think so we may have before, but we might as well do it again. Did we? I, mean, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I've forgotten what it is since then. Right. So backlash with gears, um, there's always some clearance. Um, so if you apply torque in one direction, um, as long as you keep applying that torque in that same direction, you won't have backlash. But if there's any reversal, then the gear will lift off from the face and you'll have well i don't i can't remember what the exact term is but you're asking the, the, the gears won't be in contact anymore yeah. it's and basically like if you imagine two giant cartoon gears and the teeth are pushing each other one direction but there's they're not perfectly the same size yeah when you change direction there's a moment where one gear is moving the other hasn't moved yet because it hasn't touched the other exactly. side of the tooth so with a, an internal combustion engine you're never at a constant speed it's always vibrating about a mean speed. Hmm. So because of that, you get something called gear rattle, which is caused by backlash usually, and it's audible. Like you, you, you can hear it, and it does damage to your gears. Huh. Hmm. I never thought. Yeah, that would have absolutely happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it never even occurred to me to think that. Yeah, with it, with an internal combustion engine, every time you get the actual combustion phase, yep. it's going to jerk forward, and then it's going to slow down, and yep. then it's yeah, it's yeah. actually a really, really non-linear. Force. Yes, mm-hmm. precisely. And um, so it's called torsionals in, is, is what we call it. It depends on the type of engine, if it's a petrol or a diesel, and it also depends on the number of cylinders mm-hmm. in the engine and the actual, um, if it's a V in line or boxer, all those things. Um, why, does the, why does the configuration of the motor affect that? It's usually firing order, oh, uh, like okay. the, mm-hmm. the timing of the firing. Hmm. Um, and with diesel, the it's just... There's more energy density in there, so the torsionals are much bigger. You'll have bigger peak-to-peaks hmm. uh, with a diesel engine than you will with um, a gasoline. Just for completeness, okay. we should probably also mention that what we're talking about is different engines have different configurations of the way the pistons are facing. Yes. Yeah. So, like, sometimes your conventional, like, V6 would be they're all going up and down, but sometimes they can go side to side. Yep. Something they can make a W. Sometimes they can do all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. When you say W, you mean V. W? Well, there's, there, there's, you can do a V6, you can do a W12. You Volkswa- do, Volkswagen yeah. had, had a, they're all W's, they're two V, two V6 configurations in line with oh, each other. Oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They gave them, gave them more, they could fit into a smaller space. But right. that, that is why it's called a V6 or a V8 because yes. they it make looks a V. Like a v yeah. Shape, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But you can also have an inline six. Yeah. Yeah. Which BMW does. Yeah. And the okay. thing about an inline six is, um, it's inherently balanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't need balance shafts, hmm. uh, which actually rob power from the engine right because the, okay. the, ma- the masses are all moving balanced yep. against and each you other. only actually need the balance shaft at a certain frequency range hmm. but they're keyed they're 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 driven all the time hmm. um so that, that's one reason why bmw likes their i6s is and the boxer engine you mentioned is subaru right uh the, subaru and porsche yeah okay. they make boxer yeah, that's engines right, yeah. and that's where the yeah. the pistons are flat and horizontally opposed precisely to each other. Yeah. yeah yeah and the, if just in terms of completeness there's also the wankel uh, the rotary oh, that's true, engine, yeah yeah uh, which <laughs> As far as I know, it doesn't have issues with torsionals because um, everything is vibrating about a shaft. 
Yeah. You um, don't don't torque the shaft when you're using a wankle. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> I was trying so hard not to giggle through that whole conversation. Oh, anyway, okay, we need to move on before yes. this degrades. Yes. Um, um so right, back to rap clutches. Yes, so, that was what we were talking about. Yes, <laughs> the a little history about them. Um uh, they were as far as I know, they were first used in those rotary phones. Um wow. if you guys can remember that. That is so cool. Because really neat. they only transmit torque in one direction, right? So you, you turn the thing to where you want and it returns back on its own. Um, and that's because it has yeah. a, a wrap clutch in it. That's the noise they make. So yeah. the first paper that was published proposing or, or demonstrating the design equations for it was by, shit, I can't remember his name, Wellbush or something. But anyways, uh, he worked at Bell. Yeah, since then they've, they've gotten a lot more use. You, mid 50s to 70s they were used a lot by the military hmm. in helicopters and in missiles and torpedoes for guidance because they're essentially instant on hmm. type things um so it's it's very good for controlling direction hmm. of things the downside is because it is one way you require two electric motors so if you want to drive one way you drive one motor and if you want to drive the other way you got to drive another motor oh but if you drive both motors it just spins freely Keeps yeah. going whichever direction was already going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you were saying something about like with helicopters, you want to you want it so that when yeah. you, if you sh- stop the engine, the rotors keep spinning at least enough to like slow you down. Exactly, exactly. So before uh, helicopters started using uh, free tur- or turbine engines, um, they were just using piston engines, mm. and so you had to consider, okay, well, if this engine seizes and the the rotors can't keep spinning. The everybody's dead. Yeah, there, there's, the there's no hope. Rip off. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, <laughs> but with a, a one-way clutch, the rotor inertia of the rotors will allow them to keep spinning and give the pilot a, a fighting chance of landing the thing. Huh. Um, so yeah, a lot of the design equations and and everything came out of a, a defense report that was unclassified or declassified twenty years ago, and it was done by Sikorsky. Cool. And that's where I learned a lot of or most of the stuff that uh, i know on those reading military documents military declassified <laughs> military documents are the best all right yeah. so that's it, crazy let's cool. uh let's take before we wrap up why don't you explain so a wrap clutch yeah well, yes. what, why is it called that and what how does it physically work right so it's it essentially looks like a helical torsion spring mm-hmm. um and it it operates on the capstan principle which um if i guess if you if you're not familiar with uh, i guess that's from naval uh, a long time ago. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So it, when you wanted to keep a, a boat ashore, you would wrap a rope a bunch of times around a, a pole that's at the dock. Mm-hmm. So the beauty of the capstan principle is it's exponentially, there's exponential gain. So because the equation ha- is um, the energizing force times e to the power of 2 pi n, which is the number of wraps, and mu, which is your coefficient of friction, minus mm. 1. So the more turns you have, you can exponentially hold more as long as you know what you're gripping can actually take it so the the old joke was you could keep a battle cruiser or whatever at shore by wrapping it around enough and tying the other end to a newborn baby (laughs) Uh, the weight of that alone with enough turns would theoretically theoretically hold the ship ashore oh my god Um, I don't know where I heard that. I think I might have made that up. Actually, <laughs> it's quite possible. So the the um, but the idea being because it's wrapped around, the harder you pull, the tighter the precisely pull, so it increases your force or your holding force. Exactly, and it just keeps gripping and gripping. So it, a wrap hmm. clutch basically has the biggest torque to volume density of any clutch that exists. Hmm. So you're you're turning 
you've, you've got your, the, the output shaft is in the middle and you're turning the spring. Oh, there's so many different arrangements. Okay. But if, if you were to imagine like a single arrangement so people can picture it in their heads. Okay. So this, the simplest one would be, um, two, two shaft, coaxial shafts. Yeah. Uh, let's assume they have a gap between them. So they're, you know, you're trying to transmit torque from one shaft to the other. The wrap spring clutch will basically just wrap around both shafts. And when you turn it in the direction that will cause oh, yeah. the, the clutch to wind down, it will grip. Okay, because you're, because uh, as you twist the spring in, it, it tries to decrease its radius. Exactly. Yeah. And then so it grips both, but then you turn in the direction, opens the spring up, so and, it doesn't. And happen. just overruns. That's really neat. That's yeah. cool. I have a question. The, the whole idea of a, a unidirectional clutch, like you've mm-hmm. been talking about, how does that compare to like on a bicycle where you have a freewheel that's like a ratchet that's, freewheel? That's a ratchet is, is also oh, okay. a freewheels. Yeah. Cool. So it, it overruns. But there, most people would have experienced that idea, yeah. that idea of having like a, that type of transmission. Yeah. But, that, the, that's but exactly. like the ratcheting one doesn't have the advantage of being like instant on. You have, a, you have that free, the space between where you are and the next ratchet, like latching position. Yeah. Like if you've been freewheeling your your wheels yeah. on your bike, you start pushing forward, you have that little like, yeah. before it like, delay, locks yeah. in. Yeah. Whereas the spring one, you're saying the advantage being it basically instantaneously starts yeah. transferring forwards. Precisely. Yeah. And it, the wrap clutch also has that exponential gain. Mm. Um, right. Cool. Which, yeah, a ratchet won't have. For, I don't know if you're finished your your talk on your favorite type <laughs> of clutches, but he's for, J- Jason's never finished talking no, about clutches. For, for completeness, should we mention CVTs? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, there are a number of ways you can do that, but essentially the idea is you have, you don't have specific gears. You have, it's continuously variable. But is that, does that affect, like, is there, well, you don't, need, a, clutch you don't need a clutch then? You don't need a clutch, do you? That's a good question. I think you still would because CVTs have, like it, I know they say okay. they're infinitely, um, variable, but they're not. Yeah. So CVTs basically are continuously variable transmissions. It's what you have in some cars where mm-hmm. you, you, like you said, you have no gears, you press the accelerator and it accelerates until it's out of engine. Yeah. My experience with them is I had a scooter that had a CVT. Right. And I, I believe it's basically, and at least the scooter, it's almost like a cone that has a belt. Yep. And depending on how fast the cone is spinning, the belt moves up the cone and the diameter of the cone gets larger, which Precisely. means it's transmitting more, more torque. Uh, we go, no, it's going faster. You're, you're. Sorry, le- yeah, less. Well, less I guess, it, I guess it depends, faster. I guess it depends on whether that's the input or the output. I'm assuming yeah. it's the input is the yeah. cone. But yeah, so I guess you would still need a clutch because you wouldn't be able to idle otherwise. Well, that, that's what, uh, so automatic transmissions, they don't have a clutch per se. It's basically a viscous coupling. Yeah. So it's basically two turbines facing each other, essentially. And, um, in goo, in goo, precisely. <laughs> wow. Um, so that's actually why manual transmissions are always theoretically more fuel efficient than an automatic is because when it's the, spinning when, in that goo always. Right. And when, and when the clutch is engaged, you've got no slip. Exactly. As opposed to the, the, Viscous coupling, which is always going to have a little bit of slip. Exactly. And you're always going to have the friction between the goo and the casing it's in. Exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. I never knew that at all. Yeah. That's very cool. cool. I was vaguely aware of that, but not specifically. A lot of this I know, a lot of this I know is because, because Jason and I were sitting in a bar oh, and yeah. Jason was telling me all about clutches. It was, it's a good gar, it's a good bar conversation. Yeah. Sitting around over beers, learning about clutches. Absolutely. It sounds like a very like manly thing. We're going to sit in the bar and talk about clutches. Well, unless you're talking about small purses, then that's not so manly anymore. Uh, well, it depends. We could make them manly. <laughs> the man clutch. There you go. Now right. I'm offended. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't make that joke earlier in this conversation. Yeah. That, that would that would have been totally on point for you. Yeah, I could have been a stereotype. <laughs> Good for you. In, 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 instead, I put you in a corner. Yep. Thanks, Simon. Oh. 
I, I think we've all learned a lot. And although there is lots more we could learn, I, so much. I feel like we've reached the end of a reasonable length podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. So if we've now, I, I think we may have thrown out a bunch of more terms in this that we didn't go back and define. So if you're listening and you didn't know some of the words we used, feel free to write in and we'll have Jason come back and talk to you some more. Hooray. Yay. Because mm. Jason is happy to talk to us on a moment's notice in yes. exchange for Thai food. Yes. <laughs> it is true. All right. So, yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at feedback at engineer, or you can talk to us on Facebook or Twitter at HowDoYouEngineer. Um, how do you eng? How do you right? Yeah. Or you can go on the subreddit, of which I'm currently, like, the only person, and write us a post there at slash r slash HowDoYouEng. Hot pants. <laughs> cool. Man, we were, like thought the outro was going well there, and then that was good. It can okay. end at hot pants. Hot pants. Period. Good.